Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. I'm Tim Blevins, lead pastor, and I'm honored you have come to join us. To experience our full service or for more information, check out the links in the description. I hope this message ministers to you and helps you find life in Jesus. Good morning, church. How are you today? I'll tell you, I'm grateful to be in this house today. I'm grateful for you today. I'm grateful for the presence of God in this house today. I'm just so grateful for all that he's doing. I'm grateful for his grace. If you're with me in that, can you just take a second and just say, thank you, Lord. He's amazing. We serve a great God. I'm excited to be here with us today. I'm loving the, the all together service. We, uh, we felt like as a staff, we wanted to kind of mix it up this summer with something and find a way to, to continue to build unity and, and prepare us for our new building in the future when we're just gathered and bigger and just feeling the minimum of God. And, and so I just can't wait for all that's ahead of us. But I love today. I love being with you today. Our team was uh, just kind of thinking about this series, The Church I See, and we, we talked about in the first week as a church in revival and we feel the, we feel the presence and the power. Ever since, ever since that day, I feel like there's been an elevated sense of God's presence in our services. I feel it, I feel it today and it's just like his power is here. Last week we talked about miracles and, and anytime you have the, the presence of God, you have the power of God with us and absolutely here. Today we wanted to bring us together in, in a sense of unity and, and talk about families, kind of like a big family gathering. And the church I see is a church that's, that's a, a big family. But we want to pray today at the end of the service specifically for your family. I want to see God move in the miraculous way in relationships and marriages and extended families. And so we're going to jump into all that. But after service today, we're going to have lunch together like a big family. If you look in the book of Acts, the, the very first church, it says they met together in, in the temple and they met together in homes and then they broke bread together. And so, well, we're going to break hamburger buns together, all right? So um, it's going to be great, but um, it's just good to be here today. So good to be in the house and I'm so glad you're with us. I want to preach today on a topic of unity, and I believe that the Bible teaches us that God blesses unity, and so let me pray into that, and we'll jump into this message. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, your Bible says that your word will not return void, which means, Father, that the words that I preach that are in line with your word are going to be effective and have power and bring change. And Lord, I pray that for every relationship that is hurting and struggling, broken in any way, that you would bring the anointing to change and heal. God, I pray that as a church, we would see a, a, a body together and that we would stand for unity together, God. And so Lord, use this day to, to make an impact in our life and our church. In the wonderful name of Jesus, can I get a great amen? Amen. I love the word bless. It's a great word, bless. And Christians and non-Christians alike use the word bless a lot. Probably my favorite and most inappropriate use of the word bless is when 
someone from the South says, you know what they say, because you're in the South, you know, bless your heart. Listen, if you're from the North, that's not good if they say that. That means, oh, you're an idiot. Uh, you know, like that, that's kind of what they're meaning, you know, so um, bless your heart. But listen, we use this expression so many ways, you know, have a blessed day. I mean, we almost just, it's almost without impact when we say it because it's so common or, or God bless you and we just, we just throw it out there. Uh, I like the, the phrase and I've heard people say it and, and I say it to myself at times, but I'm too blessed to be stressed. Have you ever said that? Like you feel the sense of God on your life and, and you know, you want to push back stress or, or have you heard the saying and probably a pastor has preached it, but you're, you're blessed to be a blessing. You know, you get it. You understand. Um, someone says, how you doing? And I like to say, well, I'm blessed. And, and I am because it's not always about circumstances. It's about the favor of God on my life and, and we're blessed. And blessed carries so many great qualities in life. And from the Bible's perspective, it has significance and meaning, but it, it means that from God and, and through God, we have his good fortune on our life. We have his happiness, his spirit his peace, his, his spiritual and even natural prosperity on our life, the blessings of God. If I were to define it, I would say it's a supernatural, powerful grace and favor of God on your life. And, and I like that. I want God's supernatural grace and his power. I want his favor in our life. The Bible talks about the word blessed and God's blessings from the, from the book of Genesis all the way through, if you read in the book of Genesis, God blessed creation. When he created the, the animals, he said he blessed the animals. So God just, in his, in his heart, he's one that blesses. And then when he created Adam and Eve, he said to them, he said, that, he said God blesses them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. The blessing was on that relationship and, and humanity as a whole. In the book of James, it says that every good and perfect gift and blessing is from above, from our Father. And it's his blessing, his heart that he blesses. The book of Ephesians, I like this. It says that, that God has blessed us in Christ. He has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, the blessing of forgiveness, the blessing of his grace in our life. I like the way the book of Psalms says it about spiritual blessings. It says in Psalms 32, one, it says, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven and whose sin is covered. Listen, that's the blessings of blessings right there. And I'm so grateful, that's why I started today, I'm so grateful for this church, but I'm most grateful for God's blessings and his grace and his presence in my life in this church. It is fully God's heart to bless his people. It is God's will and God's plan to bless his people. That's the heart of God. It's his, it's his desire for you to live and experience his blessings in every area of your life. I believe God wants to bless you spiritually. I believe he wants you to receive the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ, the blessing. I believe he wants you to receive his, his anointing that, that, that helps you succeed in the purposes of God. 
I believe God wants to bless your business today. I believe God wants to bless your home and your possessions and even your finances. I believe God wants his, his favor on all of it. I believe God wants to bless you at work and at school. And I believe he wants to bless our church. I believe he has a, a desire to pour out his blessings on us. And God wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your marriage. But all too often we cut off the flow of those blessings from God in our life. And that's what I wanna talk about today because my sermon title is this, Is Your Family Blessed? Because it's God's heart to bless it and if it's not, then what is the, what is the cutoff? What is, what is preventing, what's holding back those, those blessings in your life? And so we wanna talk about experiencing that supernatural grace and power for your marriage, for your relationships, for your children. And one of the keys to this is found in the book of Psalms, chapter 133, and it says it like this. It says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in, say it with me, how good it is, how pleasant it is when families live together in unity, when marriages live together in unity. How good it is when moms and dads and parents and brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and grandparents and grandchildren and friends and, and godly teams at work and churches, how good and how pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. God wants to bless your family. He wants to bless your marriage. But if there's a break in that unity, then we got to put it back together. The Bible says it's good and it's pleasant. It means that the abundance of good. Sometimes we may think of the word good and we may think of it as average. But in the Bible, good is way beyond average. Because we'll even say God is good. Listen, is God average? Absolutely not. It's the, it's the absolute absence of anything negative, of anything evil, of anything harmful. Everything bad is gone. Only thing that is left is the goodness of God on it. God is good and it's good and it's pleasant to walk in unity in your family. When there's division and when there's arguing. It's, it's the exact opposite. If you've ever been through a season or are in a season when there's a, a struggle in a relationship, you know it's not good. You know it's not pleasant. It's disturbing in our life and we weren't meant for that. The Bible describes unity like this out of the same section of scripture. It says, verse two, it is like precious oil poured out on the beard or on the head running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar, on the edges of his robe. It is also like the dew of Hermon that, that falls on Mount Zion. And the Bible teaches us that there God commands his blessings. It says, for there his blessings are bestowed even life forevermore. Where is there? Where is there? Well, there is in the unity. 
That's where the blessings are. And listen to this, I want you to know that God, in my mind, is searching for unity. In my mind, I see God looking for unity. He's looking for people, he's looking for churches, he's looking for families, he's looking for marriages, he's looking for relationships that will forgive one another, that will love one another, that will keep pulling together, that will keep serving and helping one another. That's where God puts his blessings. When God's people live together in unity, God bestows his blessings upon it. The Bible gives some descriptions of that type of blessing. And it says first that it's the blessing of unity is like this precious oil. It says it's precious oil that is poured on the head and running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collars and the edges of his robe. In scripture, we understand the oil is the anointing of God that was placed upon Aaron's head. They anointed him for the purpose that God had called him to. It was God's special favor. It was them, them recognizing that God's hand was on Aaron for God's purpose. And it was a setting aside. It was special. It was unique. It was holy. The anointing was there. The anointing is, is God's favor. It's his help that was on Aaron. It was the strength, the wisdom, the, the spiritual gifts of God that were upon Aaron. And so when we think of unity, it, it's as if when a couple comes together in unity and they work for unity, when families work for unity, when churches work for unity, it's like God is pouring out so much of his anointing that his, his strength and his power that it flows and it flows and it flows from the head to the face, to the mouth, to the garments, to the ends. It's the flow of God. Let me tell you as a family that, that unity has a generational impact from the head to the edges of the skirt to his garments. It flows from moms and dads to children to grandchildren. Unity is so important that I believe it describes this as a, a generational impact. I like that it says the oil was precious. It's precious oil. In other words, it's sacred. The, the anointing oil, it's sacred. It symbolizes something that was made holy, something that was set aside for a, a holy purpose. And let me say to you that your marriage and your family is anointed by God because it has a, a holiness to it. It's sacred, it's precious to God. And let me say to you that unity is so precious that, that you ought to see it that way and it ought to be of your highest importance to bring that unity because it's in that unity you find God's blessings and that's what God says is holy. Like it's so precious. It's like a treasure that's buried. And let me tell you, it's not always easy to walk in unity. Sometimes you have to dig for that treasure. You've got you to work to keep that unity. But if it's precious oil and it releases the blessings in the flow of God, not only on your life, but upon your children and your children's children, it's so worth the dig. We want to dig for it. It also describes this, this amazing blessing of unity, like the dew of Hermon that is falling on Mount Zion. Well, Mount Hermon, it's the highest mountain in ancient Israel and the mountaintops were, 
were capped, the peaks were capped with snow year round and it was the highest. And, and what would happen is, is, is the, the, the water, the, the dew from that mountain would, would flow and it would flow down and it would refresh all of territory, all the smaller mountains and all of the lands that were below. Zion, Zion was a, a region that was much lower and hot. And so it's saying that from this, this mountain, from above, from the blessings of God above, it flows down into all of the, the, the hot and dry places and the places that, that don't have life in them. And God says, if you'll fight for unity, I'll send my refreshing waters and I'll begin to refresh your marriage. I'll begin to refresh your families again. If you'll pursue that unity in your life but you're gonna to have to pursue it. We see that God loves unity. But let me remind you, Satan hates unity. He's against you at every turn, every corner. He's out to stop that unity. Satan has destroyed and will destroy churches, marriages, families, friends through division. That's his mode of operation. He has one mission, to divide and conquer. He started that in the garden. God blessed Adam and Eve as they united. They were to multiply. In other words, they were to become one. And what did Satan do? He came and he began to weave a division between them. And he he had this moment where one wanted to eat, one didn't, and, and then there was this moment, and they ate, and, and division came, and the curse came, and, and from that moment, that's been the mode of Satan ever since. He loves to destroy homes. He, he wants to, to divide your family. He wants to divide brothers and sisters and he wants to separate grandparents from their grandkids. He wants to divide because when there's unity, there's blessings, but when there's division, things fall apart. They crumble, they're painful, they're struggles. We see it in our nation. We see a nation today that is more divided and we see the, the, the pains that are coming with that. The devil's power is strengthened in disunity. If there is disunity in your home, if there's disunity in your church, if there's disunity in your office, if there's disunity in your friends, you need to know you're giving power, you're giving strength to the enemy. And what he does is he comes to kill and steal and destroy through disunity. The Bible says it like this in Matthew chapter 12, 25. It's probably a familiar verse, but it says Jesus knew their thoughts and he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. Satan will do everything he can to place a wedge between people. He will, he will create or allow you to see something that brings a, an offense into your life. People live offended everywhere. Families are offended with each other. And they, they, they let that division begin to tear. The enemy wants to do anything he can to separate. 
He wants God's people offended at one another in a church. He wants you offended in your household. He wants marriages to be in disharmony. He knows there's no blessing, there's no power, there's no longevity. Listen, with God's blessings, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop God's plan for your marriage. Nothing can stop you, but division can stop you. And if he can stop you by bringing in a, 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 a word of, of disagreement and, and it gets power behind it, and if you don't learn to forgive and move on, you don't learn to, to fight for that unity, then it begins to separate. And you lose the blessings of God on your, your life and your family. We can dismantle the power and the authority of the devil when we work towards unity. We can dismantle it. And I want to say this, when we work for it. Because unity will never probably be in that exact perfection until we reach heaven, right? But there's a principle of as we make that step and we make that effort and we work together that God begins to bless and God begins to strengthen and brings that blessing into our life. In the book of Romans, real quick, I just want to share with you that, that there are a few things that we can do to strengthen our bonds and things that we can do that, that will help bring division back to unity. And, and I want to say to you, if you're here today, that, that and there's some brokenness and there's some some, some friction in your family and your marriage and your friends. And if there's, a, if there's something there, I, listen, I don't want you to feel like I'm, I'm throwing shame on you. The reality is it's, it's, it's almost everywhere. Listen, I, I love my bride, but if we don't work at it, this friction will come, division will come. And, and so you have to work at it. So I'm here to help you work at it. I'm here to help you take a step today. Listen, this isn't gonna be marriage counseling. This isn't gonna be family counseling. I'm gonna give you some steps. If you take some steps, I believe God will begin to work and anoint and bring his blessings on your life. So if you'll start here, Romans 12, I have three verses, 10, 16, and 18. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Live in harmony with one another. And if possible, I like that, and if possible, you know what that means? That means the other person's gonna have to do their part, right? Like unity takes two. So if possible, as far as it depends on you, you gotta do your part. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So if you want unity, one, just real quick, I'm gonna fly through these, by the way. I feel like you're, you're, you're able to take this note and apply it in your life. But number one, you have to devote yourself to one another. If you want unity in a church, you want unity in a family, in a marriage, there has to be this, this devotion, I think of commitment as a decision we make with our mind. Devotion is a conviction we make with our heart. And there's a difference because I've set a lot of goals in my mind and never followed through with. Have you? Like check on me every February 1. I've got a lot of things that I had a decision that didn't pan out. But I have convictions that I'll hold to for the rest of my life. And we need that conviction. We need that devotion. And there's brokenness in your relationship then, then together as a as, as a family, as a, as a relationship, then you need to have a, a firm conviction. As far as it depends upon you, then you need to be devoted to one another. And number two, it says that we would honor one another. Honor one another above ourselves. Honor is this place of respect and, and valuing. 
I value you. I, I respect you. I treasure you. You are worth the digging. We are worth the work. Together, I love you, you love me, let's work at it. Together, God wants to bless us, but we've got to come together. We, we have to honor one another because what we have, what God has started, we want to work at because I value you. In the context of unity, it even means submitting to one another. It means that, that what you think matters to me, what you feel matters to me, and what I say matters to you. And, and, and we, we submit, we listen, we work, we, we make a decision that we're going to, or we make a conviction that we're going to, to work together because I value us. And next it says that we live in harmony with one another. And I was thinking about the word harmony and I don't think harmony is like this, you know, state of mind. Hmm. We're in harmony. Look at us. It's like peace. You have to work for peace. You have to make peace. You have to make harmony. You have to work at it. You have to pursue one another. You have to make a decision as a family to have family time. Maybe it's the conviction that we're gonna gather around a table for dinner once or twice a week and, and talk to each other. Maybe it's a, a conviction that, that we're going to forgive one another. I'm just, we're just gonna work at it together. Like we want that harmony. We're not gonna have, hmm, if we don't have together work at it. Harmony takes work. I think sometimes people feel like relationships can be on autopilot. And that if you just, you know, if you just kind of get along and just hang out, that it's gonna work out. And I want you to know that the enemy's too busy on the behind the scenes to let that happen. And I want you to know you're too selfish to let that happen. Amen to that, right? So am I. What I mean by that is, is that, that if you just leave it alone, then division will begin to find its way. If you don't pursue it, work at it, forgive each other, it's like a garden. You go plant a garden and you walk away from it and you come back a couple months later, what are you, you're gonna have a whole bunch of weeds. What happened to the, you know, to the, the carrot or the, the tomato plant? Where did it go? Well, it got just destroyed because somebody didn't tend to it. And if you don't tend to your relationships, the, the seeds of division will just creep right in and destroy it. Harmony, it, you, you're gonna have to work at it. You cannot put your relationships on cruise control and assume they'll stay healthy. Those negative thoughts and those offenses will find their way in. And if you want the flow of blessings, then, then I'm saying to you, take the time to pull the weeds. Listen, I'm never gonna have a garden because I don't like to pull the weeds. I'm gonna go to Harris Teeter. But in my marriage and in my children, in my 
friendships and in my church and the things that really matter, I'm gonna pull weeds on my knees and I'm gonna get dirty, I'm gonna sweat, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to build a healthy relationship. And last I'll say, again, you have to do your part. You have to do your part. That as much as possible in your life, as much as it is possible, unity is crazy because it takes two or more to be in unity. Like I can be in unity with myself. Man, I love me. I'm just gonna go play golf all day long. Good luck. You know, the funny thing is, is, is I have a, a lot of like for myself. I really do. I don't know. I look in the mirror, I'm like, I'm pretty good with that, uh, you know? There's, there's work that could be done. I get it, you know? But, but I'm pretty happy about things, you know? And, and, and you know, I, I, I could just think to myself, I'm good all day. But on the other hand, I can't be self-centered, because there's nothing fulfilling about having unity with me. There's nothing long lasting. There's nothing that, that really works in life. And I need my wife. I need my children. I need my family, my friends. Like, like God created us to be a family. And, and he loves family so much. And he loves you and, and unity so much that he said, this is where I'll put my blessings. And if, is your family blessed? And if it's not, then, then you're gonna have to do your part and you're gonna have to realize that God wants you. He's working behind the scenes for you. If you'll just get on the right team here, you can come together in unity. And I wanna say to some of you out there that you may be thinking, you don't know my situation. And I don't. But I know the power of unity and I know my God and I know his heart and I know what he wants to do. All things are possible. Matter of fact, out of the book of Matthew, chapter 18. These are the words of Jesus. He says, I tell you this. That he says that if two of you agree, everybody say agree. agree. That's unity, right? If two of you agree here on earth, what, concerning anything, like concerning your marriage, concerning your friendships, concerning your church, concerning your business, if two of you come into unity, if you agree here, where? On earth, like, like now. Like not some way time later, like now. Concern anything, my Father in heaven, what? He's gonna hear it. He's gonna respond to that unity for where two or three gather in unity together as my followers, I am there among them. His presence is here, his power is here. He wants to help you in unity. There's a scripture that says that, that the prayers of a husband get blocked when he isn't in unity with his spouse. And so like, how frustrating would that be? Oh God, would you do this? And you know what he would say? Let's just say there's friction. God, I need help in my business. God, I need help in my health. God, I need help with this. God, I need, he's gonna, you know what he says? He's like, hey, time out. Shh, shh, shh. Instead of praying, go talk to your spouse. Fix, work on the unity, come back, I'll help you. How about that? Strong word from the Lord, Amen. 
Amen. Listen, how about you and your spouse today agree to work on your marriage? Just start there. Just say, let's, let's make that agreement. Because if we agree on something, then you're going to see God in it. What will God do? Maybe you need to agree, let's go get counseling. Maybe you need to agree, let's, let's pray together. Maybe you need to agree to, to work on some financial situation. Maybe Listen, there can be health in some areas and, and disunity in some areas. And so work on those things. Agree to be devoted to one another and you'll unlock God's blessings over what concerns you. Amen, church? Amen. Well, I want to close with this. I want to invite our worship team up. And, and if you're part of our prayer ministry team and you've, you're part of those that are on the side to pray, I would invite you to go ahead and go to the sides because I'm going to give a, a bold call for people to, to move out of their seats today for prayer. And I want you to go ahead and be in position. Several weeks ago, in one of our church services, we, we had a time capsule. You remember the box, the chest, the service? Who was here for that day? We talked about our dreams. And, and so if you weren't here, let me explain to you. We, 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 have, a, we have this big chest that we brought up here. In, and I told stories of, of when our church started and the miracles of God that he has done for us along the way. And so we put these memorials in this box to remember the faithfulness of God in our church. And, and we were doing that so that we would understand if God was faithful, then he'll be faithful in the future, right? And so we're planning on moving in this new building. And, 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 and by the way, it's going great. Um, I'm going to give you this, by the way. Now, everybody hear me. All right, don't, don't misquote me. But we're about 10-ish weeks away. Ish. Right, so don't quote that. I'm just saying ish. So, but what we're going to do is we're going to take that box with all those memorials. And then we asked everyone in the church that day to write down your dream. If God did it then, what can he do in your life when we get in this building? What, what things can God supernaturally move on and bless and what breakthrough do you need? And so people filled out those cards and they filled up that box and, and we're gonna take that box and put it under the platform at our new facility and every Sunday our, our worship team's gonna stand over it and worship God's promise over those dreams and I'm gonna stand and in it is in that box is we put a Bible there open to 1 John 5, 12, he who has the son has life and we're gonna stand on the promises and the word of God and see those things come to pass. But our team read through those cards and by far the number one dream that people had was for their family relationships. Probably every other card had something to do with a family member, a relationship, someone that didn't know the Lord in their family, and the most important thing on the minds of our church were their families. And so we decided that the church we see of this series is going to be, we're going to pray for families. We're going to partner with you what's on your heart. Because we're going to come into agreement. And as we pray, God responds to that. And so 
Our team then made a decision that we wanted to pray into this before we got here today. And so your church leadership staff, we took three weeks of, of prayer and fasting before we got to this series. And we gathered on Mondays and the first week we prayed for revival all week long. We had a prayer list and we, we prayed down it all week long. You didn't know it was coming. You didn't know it was about to hit you. But we understand that you, you build something in the spirit before you see it in the natural. And so we prayed for revival and wow, we were, I'll be honest with you, the, the, the presence of God was so thick that first Sunday, I had to remind myself, oh yeah, we prayed about that. Week two, we prayed about miracles and we we gathered as a team and we worshiped in our little church office and we worshiped and we prayed for a couple hours. And then we took week three of this series. So this is like three weeks ago and we prayed for marriages. We prayed for families. We prayed for prodigals and we prayed for children and parent relationships. And we prayed for family members that, that aren't saved yet. They're not walking with God. And we began to pray and we said, God, would you come and do great things? And, and I say all that to say that this moment right here in time has been prepared through prayer. This isn't like a, just another day. Like this is a, a day that I believe God has divinely orchestrated to begin to bring a new level of reconciliation, a new level of his blessings into relationships and families, I believe it's important. And so I wanna give the, the call today. And I'm gonna ask you to be bold today and, and not worry about what others think. Uh, listen, how important is it for you and your family to walk in unity and have the blessings of God? Listen, so don't sit in your seat today and think, what will they think? Because who cares? I want the blessings of God more than anything else. And so my call, we're just seated, everybody's looking and, and you're like, oh my gosh, people are gonna say, yeah, we're gonna see you. Why are we gonna see? Because we're a big family. We're gathered together in unity because we care about you. We'll pray for you. We'll stand with you. We're gonna be in agreement because anything that we stand in agreement that concerns us, we're gonna see God move today. And so my call is, is for marriages. If your marriage is struggling, then come up here. If your family is struggling, and listen, don't wait till I'm finished. Just go ahead. Just go ahead. Who's be first? I know God wants to move. If you want to pray for family members that aren't saved, come up here. If you want to see God move in, in a relationship that's broken, listen, if you need healing today, people are on the sides. If you need to repent of your sins today, go to somebody in prayer and repent. If you need to be saved today, to go to one of these people on the sides. If you need prayer in any way, go to people. Come, people, come. Don't be hesitant. Don't be bashful. 
want God's blessings more than you want anything else. I wanna see a church thrive in the area of relationships and unity. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you're up here at the front, would you just lift your hands to God? Let's stand in agreement. Father, in the name of Jesus, we know that your word will not return void. Hey, if you're out in the crowd and you're not here, you just, you enter into prayer as well. But God, we stand in agreement concerning relationships. I know it's the most important thing on the hearts of the people here today. And so God, we ask for you to move in power and might. And Lord, we thank you that we'll hear the stories of reconciliation. We'll see the, the work of people working together and God, do something great out of this today. I thank you for a, a church staff that prayed into this. Set the moment, and here we are, God. God, here's our hearts. We love you. We want to see you move, God. But God, we need your anointing on every family. God, I pray even as they stand here right now, as they have made a decision to boldly step out, to hold the hand of a, of a loved one, they've come to an agreement, God. I ask that, that you would do what your word said, that you would begin to pour your anointing on them, just like you did on Aaron's head, and you begin to bless them. You would begin to refresh these marriages, refresh these families, refresh these friendships. God, do it, God, we pray. God, your word is powerful. Lord, I did not preach my words today. I preached your word today. And Lord, I ask that you would use it today to have a great effect in the lives of your people. In Jesus' name. Now our worship team's gonna take us into a song and, and I want you just to lift your hands and praise him. I want you to worship him. I want you to let out your, your, your heart to God. You can stay here, you can go back to your seat communion's open, you can go get communion. But I want you to take this moment as we worship and, and let it be a holy moment. Let this be a moment that we set aside. It's a moment that God's oil has been placed upon this day. He's anointing this day. It's a special day. It's a day set aside. God saw it, put it on the calendar, marked it and showed up for you today. And so let's, let's worship him in this house today. Would you go ahead and start leading us in worship? We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord.